sherry which Kamiko served in ornate tulip glasses was excellent. While Sabina and Amity sipped it in front of a blazing log fire, they discussed the proposed amendment to the state constitution, giving California women the right to vote, and the opposition to it. The primary and most formidable opponent was the Liquor Dealers League, an organization composed of the producers, proprietors, and consumers of alcoholic beverages. Less powerful but nonetheless active were Nathaniel Dobbs's Solidarity Party, the traitorous, Amity's word, remonstrance, and assorted small groups with similarly old-fashioned views. They wrote letters to the newspapers and gave speeches direly warning that women would attempt to serve as soldiers, sailors, policemen, and firemen, and elect themselves to executive offices and judgeships, thus threatening male livelihoods and male dominance. Dobbs, for one, had also ridiculously accused men who supported woman suffrage of lacking in both wisdom and masculinity. There was no question that the former water commissioner was a misogynistic buffoon, but Sabina still had difficulty believing he would actually commit or sanction bodily harm. Everything she knew or had heard of the man indicated he was full of a great deal of smoke, among other things, but no real fire. One of the many things she'd learned during her years as a detective, however, was never to take anyone or anything at face value. Dinner was served at a long parquetry-top refectory table in the spacious dining room. A succulent shrimp and crab cocktail, rare roast beef, potatoes and vegetables, and chocolate custard for dessert. Sabina, ravenous after the afternoon's exercise and two glasses of amontillado, ate lustily. Her appetite and capacity rivaled John's, despite the difference in their sizes and her metabolism and active lifestyle were such that she never gained an ounce. She weighed the same as she had when she and Stephen were married in her native Chicago. Afterwards, she and Amity returned to the parlor. Amity declined Kamiko's offer of coffee, saying that she felt the need of some fresh air and would go for a walk in the garden. Are you certain this is wise, Amity son? The girl said. It is very cold tonight. Not so cold, and I'll bundle up. Would you care to join me, Sabina? The invitation wasn't genuine. This was the excuse they decided upon to give Sabina the opportunity to speak to Kamiko alone. Thanks, no. I believe I'll have coffee here by the fire. When the girl had gone out, Amity asked, How much time do you think you'll need? No more than a few minutes to gain her confidence, if I can. I'll be surprised if you do. Her friend put on a warm lamb's wool coat and went out through a pair of louvered doors into the side garden. Kamiko brought the coffee on a silver tray. As she set it down, Sabina said, Please sit for a moment, Kamiko. I'd like to have a few words with you. As you wish, Mrs. Carpenter. Obediently, the girl sat on one of the estrado chairs, folding her hands in her lap. Your guardian had a talk at the park this afternoon, Sabina began. She showed me the warning note she has received. Kamiko nodded, her almond-shaped eyes grave. Yes, I was shown them as well. Do you feel the threat should be taken seriously? No threat to one's safety should be ignored or dismissed. 
That doesn't quite answer my question. Is it your opinion that her life is in danger? I do not know. I pray not. Do you have any idea who wrote the notes? There was the slightest hesitation before Kamiko said, No. The cause Amity-san struggles for has made her many enemies. Is her cause one you also believe in? Such beliefs are not of my culture. So you don't support women's suffrage, women's emancipation? I did not say that. Amity-san is much wiser than I. I would not presume to dispute her principles. Do you know of any other enemies who might wish to do her harm? I do not. The hesitation was longer this time. Someone not connected with the suffrage movement, with whom she's had trouble of any kind?